Welcome back to the second episode of Live Ball. Uh, Seth and Nick here. We want to thank everybody who's listening um, for sticking around for another episode. Yep. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Yep. Thank you, uh, aunts and uncles and the two friends we have other than each other. Shout out to the Allegan tennis team. That's right. Yeah. Today. We could sh- do a shout out, right? We could do a shout out. Shout out to head coach Damien Arthur, who happens to be my cousin, and Jesse DeBoer and Kristen. Um, they finished up their state tournament today and i think they took i don't know what i don't know what the team innings were but they had a couple slots go to the semis and pretty good season conference champs regional champs and onward forward with that algon tennis tradition so how'd saint joe do you have any idea i have no clue i don't think they even made it oh really yeah i have no idea um i know the lakeshore girls did did pretty well did they yeah boy we are really uh, putting ourselves in the niche crowd here. Oh my gosh, Talking I know. About girls Division Three high school in Western Michigan. In Western Michigan. <laughs> By the way, Western Michigan. Um, I would say the mecca of tennis worldwide for sure. Uh, top thirty player in the world right now from Western Michigan. Riley Opelka oh. was born in St. Joseph, my hometown. I will take full credit. for You should. It. Yeah. You should definitely do that. And we can't forget, you know, the famous Stowe Stadium. For yes. boys, Nats. It, I mean, I was kind of joking, but actually, I guess that is kind of true. When right? you throw that in there, actually, kind of true. <laughs> I know. Now it's in Orlando, but um, which is a bummer. Did, did they? I did they move they, it? They moved it. I, I think, didn't to even know Orlando. that. Orlando. Yeah, I think oh. they did it last year because of COVID. Okay, I did not know that. We were so uh, locked down right. last year, so they moved it to where, a place where that didn't exist. So. Okay, well, that's too um, bad. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Um, I mean, I wasn't going there anytime soon anyway, yeah. but it was kind of cool to, see, like, to have like Andy Roddick and Andre yeah. and Pete, which um, I guess kind of is a great transition that into is a great, to the video you have <laughs> to the to the video I have um, to to get things started. So let's see here. Let's see if it plays. Just I, I, oh, about my tipping. <laughs> okay. No, no, wait, I got a dollar. <laughs> That's what you oh, want to play, huh? It's all fun and games so somebody gets hurt, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him, he can't this help guy. himself. This rivalry is intense, man. I mean, Rafa, <laughs> <laughs> start. Oh. Wow! <laughs> Between the retired players is stronger than between the current players. Yeah, so obviously, uh, this again, this is a podcast we're going to work on the video. Um, but uh, yeah, we just saw a clip of Andre and Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi playing doubles with Rafa Nadal and uh, Roger Feder. And. Uh, yeah, it gets a little tense. It there. gets a little awkward because um, basically what happens is uh, I believe that even before this clip starts, as Pete starts kind of poking fun at Andre for his pigeon-toed walk yeah. and stuff, and Andre kind of takes it a little bit past the just you know physical mocking or anything like that, and yeah. <laughs> he starts making comments about 
uh, Sampras's alleged uh, being cheap personality of yeah not tipping very well and um, not very generous. Yeah, and then um, towards the end of the clip, there you see or you hear, I guess um, we see uh, Sampras launch a serve <laughs> at Agassi. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I would not want to be on the receiving end no, of a Pete serve like that, but almost hits him, and Andre was on the baseline. So, um, yeah, so I guess that, that, that comes into our theme for the day, and that, that's, that's rivalries. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, there's so many different ones. I, I think part of tennis a little bit is missing maybe some rivalries right now i mean outside i guess the big three with the atp the wta has some brewing now i mm-hmm. would say yeah um i think some of the some of the Tsitsipas and teams and zverevs are kind of formulating but it's kind of tough right now because it kind of seems like everyone's just really friendly with each other you know i think that's true and what it's funny you know you play the agassi sampras video and that happens to be my favorite rivalry ever um and we talked about this before because they're so different on every facet of life they have different personalities they have different styles of play they interact with the media differently they have different places in tennis history um you know his serve to agassi's return um great in their own regard but together they just created the perfect friction for a rivalry and you just, like you said, you don't see that anymore. You know, Nadal and Federer always had so much respect for each other that it, it never really was the entertainment that Agassi and Sampras had. Because I think if you asked Agassi and Sampras, and I remember reading Agassi's book and Sampras's book, they didn't love each other. No. I mean, they didn't even kind of love each other. They didn't hide it. No. And they were open about it, and it was obvious. And But it made it made for great tennis, though. I mean, right. they made each other better. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. It's missing that day. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head any rivalries that stick out modern-wise as far as current tour players that are just, yeah. like you said, outside the big three. I mean, it just doesn't seem to be a it, thing. And even then, it's still, like like you said, it's like this mutual respect between them, and they're like all friends. And they'll, I mean, I think Novak's not quite as close with uh, Roger and Rafa right. as... Roger and Rafa are close. They'll right. play each other's charity matches all the time. But, um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, there's there's a little bit of sting missing from some there of these. Is. There is. You know, and even when you think about the traditional ones, right? You have your Chris Everett and you have your Martina Navratilova, and they were the perfect friction too, right? Yeah. Different styles of play, different personalities. You know, you have Chris Everett's uh, consistency baseline plates and Navratilova's serve and volley and power and physique. And, you know, Navratilova's more um, wearing her emotions on her sleeves. Chrissy's more of the, you know, mental powerhouse. And mm-hmm. it just sets itself up so well for friction and right. the natural rivalry type thing. And it's just, you say you just don't see that anymore. And I don't know right. why that is. Yeah, we talked a little bit last time about, um, you know, tennis players getting in fights and all that kind of stuff. But now it's like... I don't know. Everyone's like hugging each other after matches. And I know it's a good thing, about, I guess. Right? I don't know. It's just less entertaining. Yeah, that's why I like. Uh, I already talked about Kyrgios, but like that's why I like him. He, and that's why I like Medvedev too. Yeah, you know he's adding a little friction in there and kind of playing the heel a little bit. And I mean, 
yeah, it's it's something. But yeah, you mentioned your the Sampras Agassi rivalry. I I know you're a big Agassi fan. Obsessed with Agassi. Yeah. Always have been. What's I mean, your favorite part about him is it, is it, it, bald, it baldness? Uh, no, I, I just loved his, his hair, hairiness. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? He's I mean, a hairy dude, but bald. You know the most interesting about Agassi is is this is gonna sound strange. If you watch the history of the length of shorts he wears, yeah, starts his career out with super short shorts like everyone did. It's like Rafa. I know backwards Rafa has <laughs> super long shorts like past kneecaps almost like in early two thousands, and then ends his career with super short shorts again. It was hilarious. Yeah, he went old and, school again. I mean, everything about him is fascinating to me. But from a tennis perspective, it was his baseline play. It was his insane hand eye. It was his insane ball striking ability, and um, you know he his personality off the court made it just as fun to watch him because I think he brought a ton of attention to tennis that wasn't there beforehand and brought some maybe non tennis people to tennis. Yeah, he's like a fashion icon. He is, and you know, and it's funny because as and maybe it's because I'm such an Agassi guy, it lends itself to why I'm such not a Sampras guy. I just right. never have loved Pete Sampras ever, ever, ever. Because he's the opposite of Andre. He's boring and forgettable and all the above. It's a very efficient style of play, too. Right. It's like serve, volley, boom, boom, boom. And and I think, like, I mean, uh, again, shout out to the Allegan tennis team. If you guys are listening, you're obviously high schoolers. Yeah. Who I I dare say were not born even when, like, Agassi and Sampras are playing, which is kind of scary. Pretty safe to say. I mean, we're all... Maybe not with Sampras. Well, that's a good question. I don't know. 2003, I think. 2002 or something Mm -hmm. like that was retirement. Agassi was 05, 06. Oh, my gosh. These are, like, almost 20-year-olds. I know. Or now. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Yikes. You know, we talked about this before, though. Um, You know, the reasons I don't like Pete or didn't like Pete like you said, I found him boring. I mean, his serve was undeniably one of the best ever. Um, and he wasn't flashy. He wasn't really much of a shit talker. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's also reasons to respect him. He was a guy that... I'm sure the old school people kind of like Yeah, the, and his racket did all the talking, right? Salt of the earth people I mean, would, would like that. And he just, I mean, like I said, just totally personal perspective. He just wasn't flashy enough for me. Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't know. He, amazing tennis player, obviously. I mean, look at his... He had 14 yeah. slams, did he? 14 slams. I think seven of them were Wimbledon. Yeah. No no French, though. Right. He had one run, I think, to the semis of the French. Um, man, I... Last year during during COVID, Tennis Channel was showing a bunch of classics, and, and yeah. I found myself watching a Sampras U.S. Open final. I think he was... I don't remember who he was playing, but you forget how talented he is though especially after like his net game especially after watching like today's tennis where the net's not as big of a deal anymore you know it's more baseline grinding kind of stuff but man people would return like when they would return his serve yeah come back and he he could just put that volley anywhere he wanted and people forget one of his strongest weapons was actually his forehand on the run Mm-hmm. He had a sick. That's true. He had run. a lot of crazy passing shots. He too, did. You know? I mean, um, I mean, he might have one of the worst backhands of all time, but he never had to hit it. So, well, you know, it's yeah, exactly to that point. I mean, for some reason, 
and again, I'm just speaking for myself. I mean, but he just seems so forgettable in the grand scheme of tennis history. I just don't ever think about Pete yeah. Sampras. And he has 14 grand slams. Yeah, and he's <laughs> easily one of the best tennis players to yeah. ever play. But for whatever reason, it just doesn't stick in your head. Agassi had eight, right? Yeah, he did. Two he of eight. each. Yep, right? and, he, and he very was one, even symmetrical. And, well, he was. And is that right? Two of each. I can't remember. I he might have had a couple so. more Australians. Maybe. I can't remember. I, I know he was one of the few. Guess, we have know, the technology, but I know he's one of one of the guys that had the, you know the, the complete Grand Slam and all you know won them all. Yeah. And so, and he had such a remarkable career in the sense of was super you know kind of a phenom when he was young at Boletary and all that stuff right. with the other young Americans at the time. And then he went through all those personal struggles and then kind of had a resurrection. Uh, in his later, you know, he had a second later career. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I always thought he was such a great ambassador of tennis. And I uh, can't say enough about him just as a fan. I mean, he was just so fun to watch. And I've always been told he's been very generous with fans. And yeah, I mean, I know he has his own um, academy in Las Vegas and yeah. all that stuff. And I'm sure Pete Sampras does amazing stuff, too. I just don't know it. Yeah. Man, I was way off on that. He... I mean, he won eight, but he won four Australians. Yeah, I think he had more Australians. Latest one in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, then right. The 99 French Open, 92 Wimbledon, and then two U.S. Opens. So four, and the reason four was, one, one, and two. But you know, another ingredient to why what makes a great rivalry rivalry is you know how many more slams would Pete have won without Andre and how many would Andre have won without Pete? But then you ask the question of like, would they have been so great without each other pushing? Right. That's I think that's the eternal debate with the the Novak and Rafa and yeah. and, and Federer is like those guys push each other like no other. You know? you know, and like I told you the other day, and for whatever reason, I, I don't know why this is just my mind too. I I always feel like Federer is so far ahead of Novak and Rafa, and that's not even kind of the case. Well, it's just because he's just overall, I think so popular yeah i mean right um and he's been been around for so long too it feels like yeah yeah another interesting rivalry on the on the ladies side i think um which i didn't really know too much about and i kind of i watched uh, a video um i guess i could shout out to the cult tennis i think it's called on youtube Mm. um those are the videos we watched that one night yeah um really good documentaries right i mean they're short like 10 minute videos but they highlight particular times in tennis history but one that they highlighted was monica sellis and steffi graf for sure um because uh if i'm not mistaken graf was kind of queen of the world right at the time and then sellis comes in like a 18 year old 19 year old girl and hitting the crap out of the dominating ball on both just, sides just of the ball dominating everybody yeah come becomes number one in the world and then gets stabbed in the Ugh. back at a tennis tournament. Can you imagine? I mean, what an ins- just what insanity! It was like a. I I watched the video like this morning, and it was like an inch and a half. She could have been paralyzed right. from that. That's right. so nuts. We I mean, don't talk about that ever. And then the crazy thing too is they talk about how she got kind of screwed out of everything. Right. All the players. And this is kind of hilarious because I don't, again, I don't see this happening anymore because I think there would be so much backlash against all the players. Yeah. They did a vote on whether um, Sella should should keep her ranking 
I frozen. I remember all this. the players voted against. Isn't it. that unbelievable? <laughs> all the every single player they show it's like Jer- Mary Jo Fernandez and like Steffi Graf. You know all these oh all these players and like Never Tolova. Like everyone said, no, she shouldn't keep her ranking because she got stabbed in the back and oh has like gosh. PTSD and can't return to tennis. I, when it, and that's what's so fascinating. She shot down like thousandth in the world. I mean, how like challengers again? How, how do you get back to a mental place in which you can? I mean, your back's face to the crowd every match. And have the trust that nothing crazy is going to happen. They they had the benches. Like, basically, there's a counter right behind me that I'm leaning my back on. That was, like, where the crowd yeah, started. Yeah, that close. <laughs> it was so close. It was, like, three feet apart. Of course someone's going to freaking stab someone in the, in, the, in the back at some point. The guy who did it. Was a crazy Steffi fan. Crazy Steffi fan. Yeah. That's what's missing from rivalries today. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The sheer insanity of the like... The sheer insanity. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of... That insanity is being replaced with like sports betting and stuff and mm-hmm. death threats and blah, blah, blah. And, um, but, man. I mean, isn't that insane? I don't it's think just you'll a, well, see that just sheer hatred for a person just because they're your rival, right. you know, or right. your, your favorite player's rival or something like that. Yeah, I mean... First off, that I mean, what a, I mean, that guy is beyond insane. I mean, he got off. Yeah, that's right. I I remember I remember reading about that. They they didn't give him any jail time because they said that he wasn't trying to kill her. Oh my! He gosh. was just trying to take her out for like a few months. He stabbed her in the back oh with my, a knife. That's insane. He could have yeah. paralyzed her. I easily. mean, you're right. I mean, he did mentally. Yeah, I mean, you know, what I, I mean, mean? he cr- killed her career. Right, she, she probably would have had more than oh, yeah. uh, twenty-four. Oh, for sure. I mean, she now. was, she was so dominant at that time. I mean, she I really mean, was. Yeah, it was like on the eve of the French Open too. Let's see how many Celis uh, had at the time. I can't. Remember. I want to say. I'm not gonna even guess because I'm not exactly mm, sure. So she had four Australians, three French. So that's seven. One Wimbledon, eight, and then two more U.S. Uh, U.S. Opens, so that's eleven. She have eleven. That's why you know that number kind of math right. Is that right? That number kind of no sticks. ten. Ten. Sorry, I can't okay. count. Everyone's like screaming right now. Right. No, but it, but like you said though, I mean, yeah, that that what an insane, yeah, the insane rivalry. Really, I mean, you know, you can't you can't talk about rivalries without talking about Bjorn Borg and McEnroe, and your yeah. McEnroe and your Connors. Made a whole movie about it. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's. There's a lot of them, really. I mean, there's, it's it's pretty amazing, and it just doesn't feel, like you said, like there's there's that same buzz around it as there used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, if maybe maybe in in some ways for good and in some ways for bad. Um, I guess. I guess. I, it's, I mean, I guess I it's want nice. A little, I want a little like more. A little juice. Friction. Yeah. In these matches, yeah. I, I think tennis is. Too polite right too, now. Too too lovey dovey right really, now. Really? Do you? Yeah. I, I can understand that. I need a little little a little more fire of a heel in yeah. there. You yeah. know, some bad guy. I mean, we have we have some guys that obviously are girls that people cheer against, but right. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I I like tennis wise. I think you know we're uh, rivalries of you know the the big three, the Nadal's, the Federer, and Djokovic matches, whatever three combination of that is is obviously some of the highest quality tennis and now they're they're getting older and we're seeing less of these matches it's i'm i'm definitely beginning to appreciate them when they happen yeah the novak uh 
Rafa final, I think it was Rome, was very entertaining, high-quality tennis. Right. And especially after watching the 2020 U.S. Open final where it was Team Zverev and... Um, Man, that was just a rough match to watch. It was yeah. so bad. Right. Um, one of the worst Grand Slam finals I've seen in a long time where it seemed like neither player wanted to win that match. Mm. Um, I know it was 100% nerves. Yeah. Both players right. looked terrified to be out there. Yeah. Even though there were no fans in the audience Gosh. or anything like that. But after um, watching that one, I'm like, man, we have been so lucky to see those three uh, play against each other um, in their prime and uh, it's it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a little rough for 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 the men's side at least with um, with them being gone because I don't see anyone really stepping up and yeah I mean that is interesting to think about who mantle would, right who would be in the wings <clears throat> waiting you know what I mean yeah I think the women's side has been like this for a while where there's just so many talented players that are grand slam competitors you know and you see a lot more diversity in in winning uh on the women's side obviously that's true um it's not the same three people over and over again and it's been i feel like it's been that way for quite some time i mean don't get me wrong serena's been serena for however long she's i mean right she's just been so dominant Mm -hmm. for so long um it's but, kind of an underrated uh, rivalry, I think, is Serena versus those the the, the two Belgians, Justine Annan, Justine Annan and Kim, Kim Kleisters. Yeah, because those two players, I think, were the only ones that truly gave Her, Serena yeah. problems when Serena was like prime Serena. That's you know? true, and I you know I I think she had some back and forth with Jennifer Capriati too. I mean, but again, it wasn't long standing rivalry. It didn't right. feel like it yeah. anyways. Yeah, you know, it wasn't a it certainly wasn't a Chrissy Martina type rivalry where it's just it was everything right. Every right. tournament felt like it came down to the. I mean, yeah, it is interesting when you say that. I mean, I forget her. her I mean, her and Justine, I think, had a pretty healthy rivalry for quite some time, um, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like some of the other greats. It didn't feel like, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think like Kim and uh, Justine were. Um, they got hurt a lot, you know, they weren't around all the yeah. time. I think Justine probably ended her career a little bit sooner than she could have. Right. And same with Kim, she came back, but so that's why I think, you know, maybe we don't think about that too much, but I remember, I mean, you get it. I, I also like the, <laughs> the quote unquote, like non rivalries, uh, where it's like players play each other all the time and they're like high profile players, but it's so obvious that like Who's gonna one's win? gonna crush the other. Like Sharapova and Serena. I was Serena. just going to say that. That was that the exact. So that's the exact duo. Sharapova that came beats uh, Serena like that for the first weird time. Wimbledon. The Wimbledon, yeah, right? That really. She was really young. She was like seventeen. Right. Yeah. And beats, then beats Serena, and then pretty sure and that's it about it. Did not go yeah, well that's for about, Sharapova. That's yeah. about where that rivalry stopped. It, uh, it, and, and I don't think the matches were even close. No. I don't think Maria could get like sets off uh, Serena. I think Maria might have snuck one more. I think it was like a 2-19 or something record. Yeah. Um, I guess that's another thing we can look up. But um, Or uh, I think like David Ferrer versus uh, like... Nadal or something yeah. like that is just that's 
It's not they a real play rivalry. each other all the time. But like Ferrer's like four in the world, but he's still you know. You know, frankly, one that I think of too is Andy Roddick and Roger Federer. That's also true. You know, I mean, Andy just it just wasn't what it we thought it could have been, and mm-hmm. Roger just dominated. Yeah, he really and, did. And uh, I think Andy got two wins. I, man, I feel bad for that guy so much. He he should have had like five or six. Gosh, you remember steps. that Wimbledon final with Roger? That, that was, was just so heartbreaking. Like, he played so well, and still Roger got he, it. He, he he got broken once in that match. And the one time he got broken was the last game of the entire match at 19 or 18 uh, 17 in the fifth set. And he really played just about as complete of a match as you could. He played amazing. In in Roger's prime. Yeah. I mean, it was just, yeah, that's You know what's a little one. embarrassing about the Sharapova uh, Serena thing, too, is, um, you know, Sharapova had that stuff in her book about Serena, how. I didn't even read her book. I didn't either, but oh. there was like controversy because Maria was kind of like, "What was she doing?" Bad talking Serena in her book. How? I think she said something along the lines of like, when she beat Serena at Wimbledon um, that one year, like Serena was crying in the locker room and, um, you know, was very like negative towards her and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, they've said stuff about each other, I think, in the press. Yeah, I'm. Sure, yeah, I mean, I remember there being a little tension there. But yeah. I mean, also, I mean, it was complete domination. Right. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, they weren't in the same discussion. I mean, Serena dominated that. Sharapova beat her three times, actually. What was her head to head? Not good. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it wasn't. Uh, Sharapova. Uh, so it was, okay. So Serena beat her the first time they ever played at the Miami Masters. Okay. And then Sharapova wins at Wimbledon, and then Sharapova beats her again that same year at the WTA Championship. Yeah, and then, and and then, then in her mind, we're all thinking, oh boy, you know, this is going to be right. something special. Yeah, and then it is not looking good for Maria afterwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's a lot of matches, yeah. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um, and then Serena did get, actually, a win against her at the French Open in 2018, or... Um, Maria beats uh, Serena, but it was a walkover. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Serena pulled out. <laughs> you know, yeah, that it's 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 very interesting. You know, that that's kind of an interesting discussion in itself too. Is just How young players up. that come on tour and you have all these aspirations for them and what you think they're going to do, and it either fizzles out and isn't what it, you think it would be, or they they do become great. But it seems to be more times than not they fizzle out and they just aren't what you oh, think yeah. they're going to be hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, again, that kind, that kind of stuff just makes you appreciate, appreciate the champion, appreciate the greats and, and I mean, the champions. Gosh. I mean, he, uh, you know, I've always been so amazed on any, I mean, obviously I know this goes without saying it's amazing for someone to win a grand slam, but I don't think people understand the amount of focus to win that many matches against the best in the world to complete a full tournament slam is insanity. Yeah. I mean, I know. and then to have done it 23 times by Serena, mm-hmm. 24 times by, you know, Margaret. Well, it's well, different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Margaret Court. Oh, no. What's going on with her? Uh, she's just <laughs> saying really ridiculous things about everybody in the world. And she's, she's a cool person, right? Yeah, well. She's really chill and laid back. She's won a lot of Grand Slams. She's won her a lot of that. Grand Slams. Yeah, that's about all I can say, say about let's her. Let's just say that. That's all I can really say about her. I know there was a lot of controversy a couple years back. They were talking about. They want to change the court. Changing the court at the Australian Open. 
yeah that's all right well you know we won't touch that one yet yeah <laughs> maybe but uh yeah um I don't even know what Margaret Court Smith looks like, actually. <laughs> so I do. <laughs> I do. She's really tall, lengthy, and, really? you know, of course, we had talked about this before. She was the first kind of Bobby Riggs oh, that's Battle right. of the Sexes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they called that the, was it the Sunday or Monday Massacre? I can't remember when they played, mm-hmm. and he beat her pretty bad. Mm-hmm. She um, was kind of old already when she when you know, played I, her. No, am I mistaken? I here? think you are mistaken. I, 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 I guess I don't know what her You're age wrong. was. <laughs> right, I don't know what her age was, but I, think, I mean, I think she was still considered great i mean um and that's why it was such a you know disappointing loss yeah um hmm. but you know that's always funny too here's what's funny i mean you know you talk about the greatest of all time and stuff serena would beat margaret court O and O and O and O and O. I mean it wouldn't even have been a match Easily. she's so more at so much more athletic hits the ball so much harder i mean even if we give margaret court the technology we have in her prime. You know, and the argument would be, well, you play tennis differently than you used to. Sure, you do. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. That that wouldn't even be... Yeah. That match would yeah. be so ridiculous. No, again, during COVID, they were showing, like, Chris Everett versus uh, Martina. And, whew, I was just looking at that match just from a eyeball perspective. Yeah. I'm just, I could just imagine Serena crushing a 120 serve. Oh, my gosh. Or return. Point. Or return, or return any shot really, um, and just just uh, I it would be bad. I mean, we <laughs> we we hold the rackets differently. The rackets are different. The string is different. Yeah, yeah. The the strokes are different. The philosophy is different. Yeah. I mean, just and that's what's so hard to compare about eras. But I mean, I just get, I chuckles me a little bit when people say, you know, well, Margaret Court was mm-hmm. no, she was not. I'm did sorry. You, did you have any rivals? Back in your day. You don't have to name names, but... Um, you know what's funny? You know, I'm trying to think if I had rivals. Someone... I definitely just kept playing, and you're just like, I hate playing this person. I definitely had those. Oh, well, yeah. There was a kid... What, um, is that what makes a rivalry, you think? You, or do you think it's just more so like someone you're really competitive with? And So I think for it to be a good rivalry, there's got to be back and forth, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's got to be, in my opinion, you just don't know who's going to win the match. Right, it can't right. be so one. I mean, there were kids I hated playing, but I wouldn't say it was necessarily a tick for tack. He wins when I win, when he wins when I win. It was more sure. like yeah. I mean, I had kids I beat every time I played them, but I hated playing them so much. Mm-hmm. Or I had kids hate, I hated playing that beat me every time. And so I w- I'm trying to think if there was a a rivalry person. I had I had met a couple kids in college, all four years, that were in my class that mm-hmm. I could not stand playing, and it was kind of a they take it one year, I take it one year, and so there was some of that. But I would say it, it, it kind of only lends itself to – the rivalry kind of only lends itself to, to what I would say junior tennis, right, when we're seeing the same people at the same USTA tournaments on the weekends and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, would you say you had rivalries? Um, I'm sure. If, uh, I, I mean, in high school and in college, you have the teams, right, that you're rivals True, definitely against. had team rivalries for sure. Um, so, you know um, – I mean, from St. Joe, we would go toe-to-toe with East Grand Rapids mm. quite a bit. Um, that was that was a particular school because they were literally the exact same school as us. Yeah. Um, literally the exact same, like, players as, you know, same level um, yeah. back and forth. So you'd play, you know, the same person three or four times, and it's hard not to develop a rivalry because, you know, I would win two, he would win two. Right. 
So that in itself, I think, is a rivalry. And then, <clears throat> I mean, there are, there are USTA players, I think, that I would see quite often um, that, that I would play against. Uh, and, and, I mean, I don't know. I don't really remember. It's, it's, it's a bad, but I don't really remember USTA tennis that well. I was just going to say, I don't really either. <clears throat> I mean, I really we, don't. I, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like, I know I played a lot of USTA yeah, tennis, same. but I didn't. Uh, but uh, I don't really. I mean, I guess that sums up my tennis careers. Like, you know, <laughs> well, you know I, I never really liked USDA tennis. Yeah, I mean, I, and we had talked about this before too. It was so hard for me to play for myself. I just yeah. didn't. You know what I mean? It's not as fun. You know, and I'm a competitor. I love competing, but playing for a team was way more fun. Yeah, and way for more sure. interesting. Play with your friends and stuff. Oh yeah, and team rival. I mean, same thing with. So our team rivalry was always Alan Christian because mm-hmm. it was so close by. Mm-hmm. But you know, before we were, before we were in high school, St. Joe and Algon had a pretty healthy rivalry. Yeah, in tennis, for sure. You know, yeah. Um, I would agree. I, I think Allegan had a very solid team at the time, and mm-hmm. you were. Uh, I mean, you started out playing like one doubles or yeah, something. Yeah, one doubles my freshman year. You're, Turned out to be an elegant legend. <laughs> Definitely not that, but <laughs> you hear that, Gary? Inf- Name a court after him. Come on. <laughs> no, please do not. <laughs> no, do it. Um, no, but I'll pay for the plaque. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put me on like the far court with all the cracks or something like that. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the crack court. There you go. I well, it, it, You know, it's just it's interesting how that it's interesting how that works though because, um, you know, I think that's true about sports in general. I mean. And maybe that's what's different about tennis, but team rivalries are more interesting, I think, than individual rivalries because the rivalry lasts longer than individuals, right? Yeah. So, you know, I think of women's basketball, you think of Tennessee versus UConn. I mean, that rivalry lasts. Is that really the first ri- team rivalry that pops in your head? <laughs> Believe it or not, yeah, it does. Wow. I'm, we, I, How yeah, progressive I, of you. I know. <laughs> I, I think women's basketball is fascinating. I always do. It is fascinating. I just... You know, that's not exactly the first. Not the team, first one you think of. Not no. the one. I, <laughs> I mean, of course, you have your Michigan's and Michigan States because we're Michigan people. Sure. And all that stuff. And your yeah, Michigan, Ohio in, in states. state rivalries. Yep, all that stuff. But I mean, that's what's unique about team rivalries. You know, we don't have the Agassiz Sampras rivalry because Agassiz and Sampras don't play anymore. So it's, yeah. that's what's unique about tennis. In that right. Way, you yeah. Know? It literally just does not exist anymore. And Meanwhile, like in hockey, you have the Montreal Canadiens and the Boston Bruins who have been teams for like 100, 100 years. Right. They're always gonna hate each other, right. no matter what the rosters look like. Right. You know, so right. no, that is that's a really good point. You know, and that's too bad about. Th- that's the bad thing about. There's just no way, for team stuff to manifest itself in professional tennis. I mean, I know they do professional team tennis stuff. Yeah. Davis Cup. They do Davis Cup. They the do you know ATP Cup mm-hmm. that they're doing the Labor Cup. They do. They do. But um, no one takes it that seriously. It's yeah. It, it, it certainly doesn't get the media attention. Yeah. I feel like that slams do and sure. You um, know. And when you think of pro tennis anyways, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Should probably wrap this one up. <laughs> is it, or is the time up? Uh, it's like 34 minutes. That's perfect. I don't know. Unless you got something else you want to, any final mm. thoughts on the rivalries? Just that Agassiz better than Sampras. I mean, even though I know I, the stats don't prove it, that. I think for the sake of the podcast, it would be really interesting if I disagreed with you. Yeah, you should, because you're right on the stats. Right. The stats are favoring Sampras. I mean, yeah, but... Got more slams. I think yeah, he's got a better head I agree. Head. I, I kind of like Agassi more. I'm kind of, like, neutral on that one. Um, but I, I think if I were to watch a match, I would probably be cheering for Agassi yeah. a little bit more. Love that guy. 
flashy. I just like the jean shorts. That too. Yeah. And then all the high school kids who are listening are like... Who are those guys? Yeah, who are those guys? <laughs> we just listened to 20 minutes to them talking about some old dudes that I've never seen play That's tennis so true. before. All right. Well, thanks for listening again, and uh, we will put out some more episodes here. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. <laughs>